Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. How We Seize It, episode 158. This week we're tackling uh, the Netflix series Wednesday, which has taken Netflix by storm. Uh, it has become, uh, it broke records uh, uh, with viewership. So this is... Surprising uh, for something that uh, is, is not, uh, not you know, Marvel. It's not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, uh, I guess it's got elements of horror. Um, well, that's what it broke was uh, Stranger Things uh, viewership. Uh, streaming so that was kind of you know it it was another uh old 80s uh you know high property i i guess just to say eight you know time frame i mean uh i found out recently that the the um adams family goes back all the way into the 30s it was a comic book strip charles uh, adams yeah it was more kind of like a far side style where it's just the single frame and um <laughs> that's yeah, crazy interesting. I, I, I did not know that at all. I, I, you know, my, my introduction to it was, you know, when I was a child and watching the TV show, um, you know, and, and loved that. I, I, I've watched the movies. I, I guess there's animated series too and stuff. So it's a pretty big deal. So kind of, kind of interesting. They describe this as a coming of age, supernatural mystery, comedy, horror, streaming television series, which I thought was quite the, quite the, quite the, the mouthful the run on. Yeah. Quite the mouthful. Uh, but, uh, but that's the nature of, streaming today trying to fit as many genres into buzz into... buzzwords <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's funny well i do that when i post for uh for our how we seize the stuff i try and put buzzwords and stuff in there too or i'll try and throw some stuff in there so i get it yeah you know it's it's the idea uh speaking of that i'm noah uh i'm one of the hosts on this show and with me as always is my main man steve say hi steve hello everyone i'm your co-host steve <laughs> and i'm very steve happy to be here e's. <laughs> on a Wednesday, as we podcast about oh, Wednesday, right. so I didn't even think about that little coincidence there, or I don't know what you want to call that. Um, I don't know if you'd call it ironic. Would you call it ironic? You could, you could, because okay. okay. we're 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 podcasting on Wednesday about Wednesday. Yeah, but is that? So, I, I mean, that's is that ironic? I don't know. We we should ask uh, Lana Smorset. She seems to be the 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 go to for that. She would know because she got into a lot of trouble for her song um, <laughs> because there were so many things in there that weren't considered ironies. But anyway, let's move on to yeah <laughs> to Wednesday. Uh, yeah, um, this is a great show. Uh, I'm ready to talk about this. But before we can do that, one of the things we always do on the show is we create a cocktail or drink that we're gonna uh, pair to what we watch. And that's no different this time. So uh, what do you got there for us, Steve? Well, based on, on what you kind of uh, teased me with, uh, I think we went the same angle for for our starter drink, which I know you have oh, a follow-up sure. drink. You've got two. But um, I, I was very drawn towards uh, that first, first episode when she uh, uh, lays into drip coffee. She's, um, mm. <laughs> you know, when, when, when the espresso machine's on the fritz and... and and uh, the guy behind the counter says, oh, well, you know, you're welcome to, to drip coffee. And she says, uh, 
drip is for people who hate themselves and know their lives have no real purpose or meaning, which I thought was classic. And I've got my espresso machine I'm a little pinky out with, too. So I thought, OK, I, I knew you were and I figured you were going to do something espresso. I, I, I knew it was coming and I was like, uh, set yeah. you up for it. So um, I had recently seen a. Uh, a cocktail that I was interested in, a holiday cocktail. It's actually one of the one of the guys I, I listen to on YouTube. He puts out a, a podcast or a, a video every every week with some talking about cocktails. And and this is a, a cocktail he created. It's a flipped style cocktail. Okay. Um, that's what I started with. Uh, a flip is a is a cocktail that uses a, a whole egg, not just the egg whites, but the whole egg. Oh, you, right? you lost me right there. Right. I know. I figured I would. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. What What is it that uh, that uh, Gomez says? He must be a good egg. She wouldn't tolerate anything less. So there's my egg reference that I can kind of gotcha. include with this drink there too. <laughs> um, I tried out this this uh, this recipe, which is called uh, the Noble Beast. It's um, Anders Ericsson is the is the uh, YouTube uh, celebrity bartender that that uh, put this out and uh, he's got a he's got a nice a nice series on YouTube that he puts out drinks um, and this is his take on a flip which I ended up doing a little bit I, I made it last night and tasted it. it was delicious it's very much like a like a uh, a frothy mocha frozen mocha drink um, but uh, I mixed it up a little bit so I'll talk about first the the noble beast cocktail which is um, one ounce of espresso a whole egg like I said uh, half ounce of rich demerara syrup, which I actually had to go to the store and pick up some demerara sugar from uh, one of the stores and make my own. The rich one is a two to one ratio, like a simple syrup, like a heavy, simple syrup, yeah. but it, demerara has more molasses. It's a little bit more of a, um, um, you know, has that darker, darker, rich flavor to it. I like it. Right. Um, um, and, uh, and then one ounce of Ancostura bitters. So rather than, you know, your little splashes of bitters, you're, you're going with a whole ounce. And, and I think I've made an Ancostura bitter based cocktail before. I don't know if I had it on the, on the, uh, show, but, but it's actually, you know, it's about, I think at least a hundred proof. I mean, we're, it, so it's well, so geez, it's got yeah. it's got alcohol in it. It's good. It's good enough for a base. And of course, it's so spicy with all the with right. the makeup of it. So made it last night. It was delicious. But I wanted to add another element to just try to make it a little bit more Wednesday oriented. And so I went with um, I added a tequila to it. I figured um, you know they they've got the uh, Hispanic uh, ancestry that yeah. was actually you know I wasn't sure if that was something that was um, drawn out just for this series. Uh, I wasn't sure if Gomez, you know, that if some of the names, uh, had Hispanic origin or, but it was actually mentioned that, uh, in, um, December 18th episode, 1964, uh, they mentioned, and this is, this is the series that you used to watch as a kid. Gomez is depicted in this episode as someone of Castilian extraction and Spanish ancestry. So they have referred to it in the past. I, so I do I, remember him saying stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought, great, um, I'm going to I'm going to honor that with a, uh, a tequila that I'm going to add to this. So same recipe, but I added a, a one ounce of Reposado tequila and I upped the rich Demerara syrup to three quarters. And I, I uh, have a little bit of grated espresso uh, bean on top. And uh, and so 
I'm a little nervous because I, I think a rum would have gone nicer. I haven't tasted mm-hmm. it yet. Uh, tequila, um, you can make, there's like mezcal flips and, and, and yeah. things. Um, I was but, thinking mezcal would probably go with that might really good. But I, I'm not sure how tequila is going to go. But I, I, I kind of felt a little, you know, drawn towards towards a tequila just because of the uh, um, of the Hispanic, uh, you know, because it's, it's from Mexico, you know. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to give All it a right. try. We'll see. Check it out. Yeah, I was I was definitely on the espresso tip for this one, so I can see why you went that way. That's that's it's it's good. I I think a rum would be a little nicer just because it's or a bourbon uh, just because you're going to get a little sweeter sweeter flavor. But uh, one thing I didn't care as much last night when I had it was that it was just a little bit too chocolatey. It was too <laughs> you know too easy. I wanted a little bit more of a kick, and yeah. so this certainly. Uh, does that? I don't know if it pairs so well with it, but but, uh, but it's nice. I, I I I like the creaminess of this, um, and uh, and spiciness, and so the te- but and it's a reposado tequila, so it's got a little bit of age on it. It's nice. So I know a lot and of, I, the... and I called it the Wednesday flip, uh, I, which I thought was actually kind of a good name for maybe the dance that she does too, and you know, <laughs> the, you know, which yeah, is I, I was thinking. <laughs> gotten a lot of I was thinking uh, would, notice on YouTube. Oh yeah, it's it's all over TikTok. I uh when you when you first said the name my, uh, and talked about why you went with that, I was like a, a good name would have been uh, would been uh Wednesday flips the drip. Right? <laughs> you know. Nice. That's right. Uh, That's good. So That's good. I, I like that. <laughs> um I was going to say you know what you could do is cuz you're using espresso and then um you you could and then the tequila, you could change this up and go with uh there's a lot of uh, rum based um like espresso alcohols, uh, one of the, grind is one of the ones that I really really like. I haven't been able to find lately, um, and I believe one of the ones I used is a a rum base. So it has has that strong espresso, but it also has like a sweetness back to it. That yeah, I've got settles it down. I think I've got like a Mister Coffee, uh, yeah, which exactly. might be rum based. I uh... some are tequila based. There's a mezcal based one that I saw at our at Bottle yeah. Barn, one of our favorite. Uh, points to uh to buy all of this uh stuff for this <laughs> these drinks yeah yeah uh, this is nice too because it's got a holiday feel to it you know we're right here uh you know this is our our pre-christmas episode so we're yeah. in the spirit and it's nice nice outside of the really egg festive. i might i might give that a look because uh <laughs> i have my christmas eve party where i gotta i'm gonna come up with some cocktails for everybody uh i don't, <laughs> I don't know if i could do a whole egg but i got that free foam that i use well, well think uh eggnog i mean that's really kind of what it's what it's drawing uh, a little bit of yeah, but commercial eggnog, from... commercial eggnog doesn't have uh, unpasteurized eggs in it. So yeah, anytime you drink, you know, a raw <laughs> egg, it comes with a warning. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yeah, that's um, that's where I went. Oh yeah, nope, I'm good. Um, no, that's good. That's awesome. Uh, yes, we did go on a very similar uh, tangent. Uh, I was I was uh, going off because she kept going back to uh, the weather vane, which is the coffee shop and. You know, and she always ordered a quad, uh, which when she first said it, I had no idea because, you know, me, I don't drink coffee. I, I, I am not a coffee connoisseur. And if I do, it's usually the whip of like a frappuccino thing that's, you know, more right. more sugar than coffee. Uh, <laughs> so uh, usually that's what I get. So I was intrigued by that a little bit because I was like, damn, that's a I know espresso is 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 potent. You know, it's it's kind of like. Uh, dehydrated coffee where they take a lot of the water out so you get more of the flavor and a lot of the caffeine in, in a less liquid form. And so I was like, man, if she's getting four shots of that, she's got to be wired, you know? <laughs> and so uh, it just got in my brain. And I was like, I want to do something. And I had mentioned before, Grind was a, a, 
a rum-based espresso uh, alcohol that I had found a while ago, and I haven't been able to get another bottle again. So good. I got my first one at Bottle Barn. They don't have it anymore, and no one else around has, has had it. So I was like, ah. So I went into Bottle Barn today. Place is a madhouse. <laughs> uh, holiday season is is got it a madhouse. But I did see our friend Jonathan there, and we talked a little bit. He actually hooked me up with with uh, uh, two of the ones that I ended up getting for this. And so uh, I started off with it's uh, a Borghetti espresso liqueur, and this is one that I think might have a rum base also. It's 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 just that it's got a strong espresso flavor, but it's got that backing of the the rum alcohol. I believe it's it might be a rum, or it's a, it could be even a tequila. Um, and then I went with a 0.5 ounce, uh, it's Crate Lake, uh, hazelnut espresso vodka, right? So I got three ounces right now, <laughs> espresso and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta switch this up a little bit. And then I added a Trader Vic's chocolate liqueur. So I did a one ounce of that. So I got four ounces total, all liqueurs, all dark in color. Yeah. So when, in the picture you look at it, it's. It, it just looks like a coffee. And uh, I made this first, and I, I took the picture, and I went and I looked at it. And I was like, you know, this needs something else. And I, I threw it back in my shaker. I put a little bit of that free foam, which is the egg white substitute. Good. Shook it up, poured it in there, and it got that nice little coffee <laughs> head on it. And I was like, oh, I like that. And I did this because I had a plan. Uh, I, originally, I was just going to do the one drink. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, you know what? I... I got to kind of do that yin and yang, right? We got we got some great f- shots in this in the series of uh, Wednesday and in Ed's room where it's 50-50. You got oh, the yeah. colors on one side and the dark and the white. And I'm like, oh, I got to make a drink for her too. And I, I, I thought about doing something for her too. And I was thinking, what what stands out about her? And to me, it was the rainbow nails when she go, when she kind of wolfed out a little bit with her nails. Uh-huh. And it just made me think of rainbow bright werewolf, right? <laughs> it's, so a great, like, it's a great yin-yang. Yin-yang is, is, a, is a great yeah. uh, great uh, metaphor for that. Yeah, because it's certainly, and, they're, they're opposites. They're fun. And, and so I thought about it, and uh, I had made a, I've been making this whiskey sour out of uh, that scatterbrain dark, va- chocolate, or dark cherry vanilla whiskey. I've been making a whiskey sour out of those, and they're delicious. And it just seemed something that would go light, right along with her. And I was like, if I get a nice foam top on that and I can drop some color across the top, it would give it a rainbow bright. <laughs> so I, I did that. I made I made the the whiskey sour, which is just the – the um, this is that dark cherry uh, vanilla whiskey. It's scatterbrain. I got it from uh, uh, Total Wine & More when I was in, working up in Sacramento, the only place I've been able to find it. So good. Uh, one ounce of lemon juice. Uh, half hour, I went with a uh, 0.75 ounce simple syrup, put in my fiend foam, shook it up, poured it in the glass, and then I topped it off. I had a little bit of blue carousel. Uh, I had some watermelon uh, sour pucker and some uh, apple sour pucker, and I tried to cover the top to get those colors. The blue stood out. The other two, not so much. So it doesn't show up as well in the picture, but it was there, and uh, I gave it a shot. But that was my yin and yang for for the two of the the two roomies there. Uh, nice. So I thought those those came out really good. And yeah, uh, like I said, you know, uh, it was fun talking to Jonathan today about you know he gave me those great help with those espresso. You know, I told every time I go in there, he's like, "What you doing? What, you know, what's the drink this week?" And tell him he's like, "Oh, let's let's look at this." And you know, and he hooked me up with these ones, and I I'm really happy with them. So. So yeah, if you're if you're local, check out the Bottle Barn if for uh, all your your it's, needs. Yeah, it's great. I've you know it's funny because uh, we we 
became a little bit more close at the wedding because he was <laughs> DJing. And I've I've only been been in there I think twice since then and seen him once uh, because I, I think I was a little too heavy for my my suit at, at the wedding and I was a little <laughs> so I so I kind of been, I've been on a diet since then. And one of the ways I've been helping is by. By, not um, drinking. Not drinking unless unless it's podcast night. I usually save it up. <laughs> I have one cheat day beyond that uh, that that uh, that I've allowed myself. But but it it means that my my uh, bar stays pretty well stocked. So yeah, I no, I, the, I get you. So uh, um, so for now, um, I'm I'm only you know taking little bits of ingredients at a time. So it stays it stays fairly fresh. I don't need to visit quite yeah. as often. I give up breakfast and lunch so I can have a, a cocktail, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not even worrying about dieting. It just, uh, just not for me. Uh, I do need to lose the weight, but we'll worry about that at another time. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this this show. Um, Wednesday Adams, uh, like you know, I, I know we talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but um, what was your? I mean, just going into this, what was your? What, what did you think was this was going to be at? like? What was your introduction or what was your thoughts on Wednesday before watching this? My introduction was, the, you know, when the trailer dropped. And so immediately I thought it was a great pairing with uh, with Tim Burton. And you could see right. the style coming out. I was I was interested in the take. Um, I was excited that Christina uh, Ricci was in there uh, <laughs> because, she, you know, she made the the roles of Wednesday so immortalized Iconic. With, yeah with with her her uh, rendition in in the theatrical version Barry Sonnenfeld's um Adams family and Adams family values she's classic so the fact that she was a part of this and she's also been you know in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow and uh so and apparently he called her directly and said hey I want you in this and so um she worked out her scheduling conflicts and 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 w- was there. I was also a little surprised at the casting of like Gomez. He kind of struck me as quite the quite the. I, I really I was drawn to it actually. I thought it was it was clever really? casting. It wasn't. I I say that in the trailer. I'm talking about the trailer. <laughs> in the trailer, I thought the casting was really interesting. They looked so different. It, it seemed like it was not typecasting because you know it's hard to. It's hard to beat the the previous Gomez from the movies. I can't. I uh, what? Yeah, you probably yeah, have his yeah. name handy. But uh, uh, I'll find it. He, he was he was classic, and and uh, um, and Angelica Houston as as Morticia. So so I thought they that that was interesting casting, but um, but I wasn't quite sure. I thought it was a, a good trailer. I recognized Danny Elfman's theme, which is typical for for Tim Burton so it had that feel um but I didn't know how that would translate to a series um so that was my introduction um gotcha I I'll tell you I well, you know when we what was your introduction because I don't want to go into my I mean my, it was the same my, thing it was yeah. it was the it was the trailer and stuff like that and then hearing everybody talk about it, it like I think I actually heard people talking about it uh before I saw the trailer and and my first thought was is like um I had seen the movies and I had seen the TV show uh, and I was like, okay, I can, I can see where she's a very, you know, easy target to make a, a, a single or solo film from this because, yeah. you know, she has that personality that you can really go with. And she was such a big part of the Adams family values, um, you know, that Christine Ricci made, you know, famous essentially 
that uh, I could see where where it could come from. So I was I was definitely on board with that. And then watching the trailer, I was like, oh, okay, you know, it, it, this this uh, a lot of people talked about how this was um, this was aimed at a YA audience essentially. You know, that kind of young. Uh, almost like a Harry Potter style. Uh, well, it know. certainly had Harry Potter. Once we got it, once I got into watching it, that that certainly stood out. But. Yeah, and, and and you know, I I know I'm 50 years old, but I love that crap. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I think that is my demographic in a way. I I'm all about that stuff, so I I really get into it. I don't get into it as much sometimes when they get too high schooly drama. You know, the the a lot of that that stuff. I don't. But the, right, because uh, we've we've podcast on that MCU <laughs> series that uh, the Hulu based uh, oh, right, right, yeah. series that I think we all you know decided was not <laughs> worth the second season. We're not. Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, I actually I think we did the first two seasons. We just didn't go into the third. Was there a third? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's. I think Bo was the one that was talking about it. I think he's into it. I I, I think I watched it, but I don't remember. Like, like going, oh, yeah, I need to watch the rest. I might, I might not even finished it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I, the casting, um, I thought was very interesting. You know, we have um, Jenna Ortega, who, who recently for us <clears throat> has been on the docket because we, she was in X. And oh, so, was she in X? Okay. I knew she was in the babysitter, the, the second one, the Queen Bee that, that, and, we you know, and that's it. funny. I don't remember her from that, but I did remember her from X. I, I didn't remember her from anything. I was going through her, <laughs> her the list. Uh, just, you know, I didn't watch, um, well, what, she, she was in a series. Uh, oh, she, she was in a, it says, um, looks like Jurassic World uh, is a series she's on. Yeah, um, no, this was. But she's been doing a lot of horror, like Studio 66 or 666, American Carnage, Scream. Another big one for her was Scream. She kind of did the Drew Barrymore part from Scream. Um, so she's nice. kind of been uh, right. <laughs> really, really moving her way up that, that horror genre and really killing it. I mean, she's... Yeah, I think it was Jane the Virgin that I was referring to. Oh, the, right. The television uh, show. But she just played like a young... a young. She was like the um, young Jane. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, um, but I, I didn't watch that, but I did hear get a lot hear a lot of buzz about that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, just some of the other uh, notable, uh, like you have uh, Gwendoline Christine who played the principal uh, Weems. Yeah, uh, she was a big character from uh, the um, Game of Game Thrones. Of Thrones. Sure. Yeah, she, <laughs> which I th I know someone I saw someone make a, a reference because uh, Maisie Williams is is in Game of Thrones and and. Uh, those two kind of hooked up, and she's a really small, petite, short woman, just like um, uh, Ortega is. And so she's like, you know, it's another short, you know, David versus Goliath type thing where the, the you know, because I guess uh, um, uh, Christy is like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that, and they're both like 5'1", five, 5'2", five, so yeah. it's like this huge difference. And it's kind of fun to play with that, especially for something, you know, where you've got Gomez and Morticia that are that are classic, you know, oh, different, sizes different sizes too. Yeah. Um, so uh, so it's fair to play with those sort of sizes as kind of a motif to play off of. Yeah. Uh, some of the others, uh, like we said, with Christine Ricci. Now, did you did you hear that? Uh, so she wasn't originally the the planned person for that character. She wasn't I, in this originally. They had already shot a bunch of the stuff, and the other person had to back out. I can't think of the name right now. Um, so they they called her up and had her do. So they were saying, if you look at some of the first 
uh, episodes when when she's doing her stuff it's you can you if you really know you can find it she's doing green screen and she's not with any of the other actors it's all individual wow i didn't uh, know that no yeah huh. so i think that was i mean that's a killer killer call to have her come in and do that one for sure uh, I, I think it's a nice nod to uh to the series it's almost like it's endorsed by by the person who, who you were right right, you right. Know, made the role uh something iconic and uh yeah and, and that's nice yeah the rest of them, they're not huge actors, but they, they a lot of them have, you know, like have stuff in the past that they've done. A lot of them have done. Well, OK, OK, I'm going to I'm going to bring up uh, uh, Fred Armisen, um, who plays Uncle Fester, who's. Oh, well, yeah, okay, I think he's... <laughs> I, I love him. Uh, he's got that little, I mean, SNL alumni and and um, yeah. Certainly, he's got some. He's such a. It's a small part, though. I mean, I know it's just one episode, but he kills it. And uh, oh, he does. It's uh, a very good Uncle Fester. (laughs) Yeah, it's very different than kind of the old Uncle Fester too. Uh, You know, Louise Guzman. um, I, I, I just, I didn't care for it. I don't know. I well, okay. This is what now that we're kind of getting into the series, and 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 I'll I'll mention this. I don't think we even knew we were watching this until after we finished last week's podcast. <laughs> right. So this we did is it. all pretty, pretty, pretty fresh as far as kind of diving into this. Um, I thought his casting was, was unusual because he, he doesn't, he doesn't quite stand out as this presence. It, it's, it's just an unusual presence, but I was very interested. I liked the casting and I thought in episode one, the way they kind of downplayed those characters, they were just kind of there in the background. I, I, I thought it was fun. Um, but, but when they all showed up in episode five, I thought it lost so much. They didn't have the chemistry that I had kind of hoped those characters well, that's, would. And so. that's what I was going off of. And maybe I'm, I'm a little, um, you know, nostalgic for, for the TV series where, you know, the, the love seemed genuine to me. It like, he tried, but it just seemed forced. I, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it seemed was, gross. <laughs> like, exactly, it did seem gross, and 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 it almost seemed like they were playing with that a little bit. And I was okay with that. I mean, that's well, kind of what she calls out. Oh my gosh, this is gross. But that, um, and maybe if it's because it's her vision of it. But like yeah. before, it was always this like, oh, they're totally in love, and and you know, he was always like very romantic and very suave. This he just seemed very slovenly and and kind of <laughs> creepy, and like it just didn't work for me. And maybe that was part of it. Now the other part is is he was a character in uh, Shameless. He plays a, a a bum essentially, and he he played such a good bum because he looks the part so well that maybe I couldn't get past that, and that's just I couldn't physically see him. Now I know in the cartoon, I guess from the comics even, the the they play on the the size, uh, yin and yang again. Let's talk about you know Morticia's very tall, tall, sleek and thin, and he is short, fat and chubby. You know, and maybe it's she's supposed to be very beautiful and he's not very he's kind of the opposite. So maybe that's what they were going for. And if that's the case, they killed it. But it still didn't make me like the characters at all. Yeah, Uh, I I thought they lacked chemistry. And that's something that they needed more of in order to sell the parts. I thought in the first episode, it (laughs) didn't require too much to go on because they were just minor characters. But once they became a little bit more. I mean, we're talking. Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah. as Morticia. And she's a pretty good actress. 
But I don't think she could even right make that, us believe that she was in love with I don't, that guy. I don't. Th- I don't think she tried that hard. But uh, would you? Know, you? Maybe, huh? Right? Would I, you? Uh, no. I mean, it's. I. I, I get now. That. I liked the casting. I just didn't think the performances held up. Um, but fortunately, now, they were they were more minor characters and and. Yeah. Um, and if I was in Luis Gomez's state as Gomez, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with him being all over that. Like, he, he did a good job with what he was given. Like, yo, know, he played the very lustful, like, after that. But that wasn't hard. That's not really much acting. So, um, some of the kids in this, uh, th- there's some really uh, great actors, you know, with, with, with the parts that they played. Um, one of the ones that really stood out to me is Emma Myers as uh, Enid Sinclair, who is the roommate. She's great. I, I And I remember when she originally came on, I was looking for who she was and trying to find things. She like, how didn't. do I know her? I, I couldn't I couldn't really find anything that it was she like hasn't she, really... she just had a, a a an energy and an exuberance yeah, that she, so... it, she came across so well. And they 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 had chemistry. Oh, my yeah. God. Even when they were fighting and, and their makeup scene was I mean, touching because it wasn't, you know, it, it, it was, it was genuine and it's, it was, it was fabulous. <laughs> yeah. She, she is by far the standout character to me outside of Wednesday. They both nailed their characters a hundred percent and, and Wednesday's just got more screen time. And I think, you know, it, she's going to, she, she deserves all the praise she's getting for this. Um, one of the things is Alyssa was doing the same thing. Alyssa, my wife, she was saying like, um, where do I know her from? I know her from somewhere. I'm looking up I'm like, nope, you don't know her from anywhere. And we figured it out. She looks like uh, she has an energy and a look a little bit of Allison Hannigan uh, from uh, when she was in Buffy as Willow. Okay. Uh, she has a similar look and a similar voice structure and personality that I think that just came across. Yeah, almost the way kind of she purses her lips and the little, the, that grin, she the, mm-hmm. the toothy grin. Um, yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Um, one of the funniest thing. things. Yeah, one of the funniest things I read, and it just cracked me up. And this is where I then I started thinking about making a drink about her, is they were talking about how her character personality is is very energetic and you know trying to physically please everybody around her. And they go, no, not in that way. You know this this whole thing about how she's like all this energy and very happy and just joyful. And and they go, because if you realize it, she's a puppy. <laughs> playing on the werewolf thing and i was like son of a bitch nailed it i mean like it was like it was the funniest thing and i was like that is hilarious what um, what was what center to this school because this is a kind of a reform school it's a it's a it's i don't for... think it's a reform school it's just it's a charter it's a charter school for what they call um why can't i think uh it's not outsiders but it's um oh the normies and then the um Oh, <laughs> I can't. I, I think they kept calling them all the time. Um, outcasts. Okay. Uh, you know, and so which I thought was interesting too, because I was like, um, is it is it because they're, uh, you know, is this a world where people just know that werewolves are around and things, you know? Because well, this. Okay, so this was this is one of the things that I had a little trouble with with the series because. You know, Adam's family to me is a series where it's this really unusual family that does weird things. That's kind of 
That's mm-hmm. that's their norm, and they're in a world that is, you know, our normal Very world, norm. <laughs> and and it kind of it's the it's the dichotomy of that, and how that kind of flips things and makes it funny. Whereas here, it seemed that wasn't the case. They decided to put the Adams family in a world that was more like Harry Potter, where where werewolves existed, vampires yeah. existed. You had all this stuff. So it was I was wondering about that too. I didn't I didn't care for that from what they did to Adam's family didn't seem fair. On the other hand, I don't think this was necessarily the Adam's family. This was a, a Wednesday vehicle and her character kind of was more created. I, I, I think her character really resonated with Christina Ricci's, you know, uh, portrayal of her and how they, you know, she does experiments on her brother. And, and I think they got <laughs> that across in the first episode and then they moved on and they said, okay, let's, let's put her in this school and just take it from there. And they took it in a different direction. So I could see people being a little disappointed in the fact that it didn't resonate necessarily with the origins of Adam's family, but I think they made it its own thing. Did, it I, definitely I, I, is a solo a solo adventure of Wednesday where it isn't the Adams family and I I agree with you my my I agree with you it was weird that is this a is is or is it only Jericho that understands that these these people are around and you know are the outcast are they are they you know does everybody know about it kind of thing which is it's yeah. very different than the the normal Adams family. So it, it I agree was, with you. It's, it's almost like its own multiverse or something. It's a little <laughs> spin off of let's put the Adams family in this other world. We we're not gonna yeah, or in Harry Potter's world or something like that. Which... Now and that was an interesting thing. And like when people started talking about Harry Potter and I, I, I got it, uh, because yeah, it's a school and you have the different, you know, people with different powers and things different like that. Factions, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was funny when she was explaining because it was all the same, you know, the same groups as, you know, you got the sirens, which are the popular kids. You You got the the Slytherins, the snakes. Yeah. Well, that's she called them the stoners, but they're Gorgons, which, you know, they're which is the Medusas. So they turn each other to stone. And I was like, oh, funny. (laughs) That's a good play on words, Uh, you know, and the the furries, which were the the, you know, the werewolves. And stuff like I thought. Yeah. I mean, it, it very fit. It fits so well. Um, I didn't get as much of a Harry Potter feel, um, well, other than the fact that they're at a boarding school. Yeah, I was talking to my wife about it, about that feel that you know it seems a little bit like a ripoff of Harry Potter just because of that. And she says, and she told me, well, it's like there's so many YA books that kind of resonate yes. that same sort of thing, that YA feel where, you know, we've seen some movies that, that come out of it where they have different factions and stuff. And um, I, I, Percy I, Jackson is another good one where they yeah, have the... so so it's kind of a, a trope that, that gets used a lot. Yeah. And uh, this takes it in a direction where it puts Wednesday's character in the forefront and plays off of it. And that, that's fair for me. Um, yeah. Especially with the style they, they gave it, especially when Tim Burton was was in the director's chair. I thought he added a little bit more of a of a Well, he a, he actually directed the first four at least, so. First four uh, and I think I think they stood out. It had a little bit they was they were a little bit more off kilter. I think those latter episodes <laughs> got a little bit more mainstream with their storytelling and I think they also got to the point where they're like, "Hey, uh, we got a story you got to wrap up too, so don't forget to do that." You know, like <laughs> he was playing a little bit with his stuff. Um Joy Sunday played Bianca, um, who was the the queen bee of the school, you know, the popular girl. She was yeah. the siren. Incredible job. Um, I, I really liked her. I really liked that they had her with the, the contacts and her eyes and that kind of – it just made her look magical. 
Uh, it really did. Uh, I love the first scene when they show her and she's touching the water and the scales kind of show up on her hand. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I, 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 liked I, I her, did like that. I liked her early on when they kind of made her a little bit more mysterious. When they when they got a little closer to her, it seemed a little bit less unique. I mean, I mean, it almost seems like they played it pretty straightforward and I wished it would have been a little bit more nuanced. Um yeah. So, well, you, that, you know, they didn't but, have a lot of time to really give a lot of backstory to yeah. a lot of the other characters. Yeah, um, I'm getting picky. I'm getting picky. I did. I, <laughs> I this was a fun series. And uh, I know I know we talked about it on Sunday and you had already binged yeah. most of it. And yes. I was I was three episodes in. And I think I think that night I watched the rest of it. So yeah, so I was, was I was I was pretty close behind you. If I'd have had more time, I probably would have binged it faster. Uh, we had Hunter um, Duhin as Tyler. He is uh, the normie love interest. He's the the one that worked at the the Weather Vane, the coffee shop. Um, Whose father was the sheriff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, played by Jamie McShane. Then he also had Percy Hines White was Xavier Trope. He was uh, uh, one of the, the, the love interests at the school. Um, and these guys played a, a, a back and forth, you know, where – they both were showing interest. She kind of was playing both sides. You didn't know where it was going to all go. Um, although, I don't know about you, but I I picked up who the, the villain was in uh, the first episode. Which, well, I picked up one of them. I, I even told my wife. I said, oh, it's... Well, but but okay. I I don't know if we're gonna talk reveals or stuff like this, cause cause this this does kind of play off like a Nance, play out like an eight episode. Nancy oh no no, Drew we're we're spoiling we're spoiling the whole thing. If if okay. you haven't seen it, don't watch it. Don't listen anymore. Um, okay, go watch it and then come back <laughs> and finish this. Um, so uh, Hunter playing Tyler, he was he was the the normie kid that uh, met her in the coffee shop and yeah, you know, uh, I picked up that he was the monster. Uh, the uh, the hide who who the monster they discovered right away and the reason why is because the animation department used his face as a back base for the face of the um, the hide it was, it was it was eyes I looked at the eyes and I was like that's him I know it's him now I wasn't a hundred percent sure as we kept going through but in the end I was like I knew it was him all along <laughs> I, I'll tell you. I, I didn't I didn't that wasn't the take I had. My take was that it was Christina Ricci was and I said no she's off and then the very first time they mentioned the family um that uh you know had the daughter that drowned. I'm like yeah. oh no that's Christina Ricci. Um so that was what I had had locked on. But I <laughs> this is kind of this is kind of ironic. I thought that the monster resembled the way she smiled when she kind of had that weird oh. smile. I thought, Oh my <laughs> God, they, they, they modeled that after her. So I actually thought she was the hide as well. Um, that's funny. So, uh, so I, I did call that she was the, the daughter, although yeah. they, I thought they, they played that out a little bit more where it could have been the, the shrink and they, they played off of that. But, but I thought is, it was Richie too early um, on, but they did, they, they, they trick you quite a bit. They get you it, guessing. It's, it's, it's like a murder she wrote or an Agatha Christie where it's <laughs> it's just they they they, they don't really well Agatha Christie I think was better at giving you the clues so that you did have a leg to stand on when it came to solving whereas here it's just they're just playing that you know they're, yeah. they're teasing the possibilities the clues aren't necessarily there until it's just revealed in the end where they decide how it all plays out so yeah so, so my wife is notorious for just like the first scene, she'll point to the person and say it was them. And she's always right. <laughs> she's like 99% right. So that she, she, uh, 
she saw me watching this, but I had to get ahead and I think she wants to watch it. But I did, I did say, I'd say, okay, we're at this episode and I think it's this person. I'm, I didn't tell her who it was, but, but I, I, I wrote it down so that when she does end up watching it, she can, she can see nice. that I was right about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's one of the things about this. Uh, it was very interesting. I wasn't expecting a uh, detective. You know, we, we just had uh, the Enola Holmes, you know, which was another young girl detective series or movie. Right. The Stranger um, Things Girl, right? Isn't that the same? And, yeah. And, and uh, uh, Superman. Bobby Brown. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cavill. So, yeah, that, I mean. No it, longer but, Superman. Ooh. <laughs> well, they, they fired everybody. DC, I know. They, well, I they, mean, he quit The Witcher. I mean, I, the rumor is that he quit The Witcher the Witcher in order to, to focus I think he, on he, Superman. And then they I think dumped he might him go Superman. back. I think he'll go back. I think he. Was I don't a good think Witcher. he will because they gave. They already gave it to uh, to uh, uh, Thor's brother. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe. Um, huh, we'll see. So they'll figure it out. He's doing like Warhammer we'll or something like that. He's got. I mean, yeah, he's I got this. That. He's got the the Sherlock Holmes here. So, but I, I I wasn't expecting that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The one of the things I didn't care for though was, um, and and. You know, I understand this is the Wednesday character and the, the trope about her is that, you know, she she's kind of almost flawless. I didn't care that she just it was just too easy for her. It just seemed way too easy. Like everything fell into her lap. Everything kind of came up, you know, came up Wednesday, essentially. You know, <laughs> it, it, uh, like um, uh, other than like, you know, the very beginning, she she challenged uh, Bianca to the, the uh, fencing match. Right. You know, and she ended up losing, which I'm glad they did that because it was one of those is like, you can't have it. You know, it just that was the one that really stood out that I was like, OK, at least they're not going to do that. But everything else just kind of seemed to fall into her lap, fall into I, her lap. I, I get that. I, I like how they're kind of dissecting her character from more of a her psychosis. I mean, she's a highly intelligent, introverted, narcissistic sadist, <laughs> you know, and they're and they're playing into that and they're seeing how it how how that is more of a psychosis that can affect how you relate to people and you know when they when when she's struggling with empathy towards the end of the series like you, you know and like resisting it because that's not something yeah. that um i i thought i thought that was, that was well well demonstrated i i'm glad that they got you know the, the whole piranha scene at the beginning where it was just kind of a a a nod to who wednesday was I, I thought it was fine, but it was like, okay, I'm glad they moved on and said, okay, let's let's send her off to boarding school and and take it a different direction. Um, so that was a, that was an interesting take too, because they 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 say that she was an outcast among outcasts, right? And I didn't take it as much as she was an outcast, you know, like where in in the public school she was definitely like nobody was trying to be her friend, everybody, you know, but in this one it was kind of like. She was so much of what everybody there was that everybody wanted to be her friend, kind of thing. Right. It you kind of I mean? it 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 was an interesting take because she didn't stand out necessarily as as such an unusual. And this is where the whole Adams family um, tradition of of being the the unusual, you know, the yeah the, the she couldn't out unusual the, the rest of the, the diamond year. or whatever you want to call it, huh? <laughs> She couldn't unusual the unusuals, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's a different take on it, and uh, makes for a new series. So yeah. And and I thought a lot of the early um, dialogue 
was was thoughtful and intelligent the way she articulated things the way people called her on things the way you know you know it it, it gave a, a little elevated intelligence to try to try to dissect and and you know throw some shade at, at current social uh, norms <laughs> you know which was kind of fun you know when when, yeah, when, when someone could articulate something and you kind of go yeah that's it you know that's impressive that a series she she's very now let me ask you this um it, it in your thoughts of Wednesday, um, you know, she had a birthday and people were trying to figure out the date and stuff like that because she was born on <laughs> Friday the 13th. Had to be between October and January because of the time frame. Those are the only days that fell on October 13th. Um, but do you think that the the Adamses age the same as regulars, as normies? Because the amount of intelligence she has, I mean, realistically, we're looking at she's probably 16, 15, maybe, you know, age-wise, maybe even 14. You know, she's in that, that teenage. Six, I think she said they say she's 16. Do they say? I, I can't remember. Yeah. But the knowledge that she has, the amount of stuff that she's done and mastered and stuff, do you think she could have done that in a normal Yes. 16 um, years. <laughs> yes, I do. And I think, okay. I think they, I think they drop a couple hints as to why that might be the case. First, she talks about, uh, I, I can't remember the author that, or it was, it was Mary, Mary Shelley who, who wrote uh -huh. uh, Frankenstein, Frankenstein at, at one a, you know, at a certain age and her, her resistance to social media. She really, she doesn't have a phone. She's very, it, it sounds like she is not a, uh, a creature of television. I mean, she's very book oriented. Those sort of pers personas back in the day, you know, what did they do? They 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 lived. They they. But she was a martial arts expert, a fencing expert. She spoke multiple languages. Yeah. You know, a botanist. A, uh, you know, she. I'm just curious. It just seems I, to me. I, I mean, they well, talked about the vampires. I think uh, uh, you know. Here's another another fictional character in, in Goodwill Hunting. You know, we had uh, Matt Damon's character in Goodwill Hunting, mm -hmm. who, who was very intelligent. He was very intelligent. He was sharp. You know, he could, he could throw an insult, at, so throw shade at someone and put him down, you know, in a, in a cutting manner. Um, you know, he, he'd do fist fights and, you know, be, but, but he, he didn't have, he didn't have the ability to have a relationship. He didn't, uh, he didn't have, he, he didn't have wisdom, you know, and that's kind of what we saw in her. She had a lot of, uh, of book knowledge. She had some skills that she, you know, that, that her uncle Fester had, had taught her growing up. She wasn't exposed or she resisted her exposure to, uh, to social I, media. So I was so just I, curious. It just think, made me think. I think the amount of years, if, if, if you're going to live a different type of lifestyle. Yeah, I think it's possible. And she probably has a certain, you know, form of autism that makes her soak up, uh, you know, or maybe some photographic memory or something like that. Um, I, I, funny you I paused, I paused Netflix when she was typing her book and she pulls one of the pages out. I read the whole thing. It was actually oh, pretty interesting. I don't know quite what it was about because it seemed a little <laughs> out of context. Well, isn't it, it was, it's a story that she's telling a story, almost the her life, but as I, a different. And that's, that's why I, I was surprised that I, it didn't relate to what I had watched because I thought it would be something that related to oh, a scene okay. I had seen and but it but it was very it was did very you, uh, effectively written it was it was very kind did of you look at the, 
Did you look at the typewriter and pick up anything about that? Oh, no. Was I supposed to? Uh-oh. No, probably not. But uh, so the typewriter they have, apparently uh, the German version of a typewriter, uh, the Z and the Y are uh, keys are swapped. And so she has the German version of the typewriter. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. And, Boy. And so, she, uh, she would speak Italian <laughs> and speak, uh, she had German. some different languages under her, under her. Yeah. Under well, her and that's, belt. and that was, so, uh, to, to her credit, to, um, uh, Jenna Ortega's credit, she studied German so that she could do those lines, uh, in German and make them sound legit. Uh, she studied fencing, martial arts. Uh, what was the other, uh, there's like a couple other things, um, that she she studied all this stuff just for this part, which I thought was amazing. Uh, she created that dance herself. Um, not only that, but she performed it uh, the first day she was suffering from COVID. I know. You know, it was. This was something that I actually. That was the other thing that I had heard out heard about before before we watched before uh, uh-huh. we talked about podcasting was was something about the the dance and what drew me to it is is that in an interview she said she was inspired by uh Susan the Banshee's um yep. happy house happy house uh music video which I, you know I, I was I was a huge fan of Susan the Banshee's I went and saw him in concert in the 80s and and uh and uh and you know kind of the Susie being one of the original you know, punk post post punk alternative goth yeah. people that 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 kind of represents that. So uh, I was excited to go look up that video and kind of watch her move. And then when the dance came up, I was I was interested. But I guess it's also been popularized by Lady Gaga on on TikTok. I guess it's is there is it a Lady Gaga song that are doing the the goo goo the goo goo muck no, or no, something no. going on? No, it, that, I don't think that's a. Uh... Lady Gaga. I do. I do remember hearing who it was, but I can't. There was something about Lady Gaga uh, promoting the dance, and I maybe she just shared. I think she just shared something. Okay. Uh, One of the cool things I did know about that is they didn't. They didn't let any of the other actors know what she was going to do dance wise. I'm not even sure. uh, You know, uh, the director knew. Right. I yeah. Think, uh, she just kind of came Burton, up with it based off of these few things. I don't think Tim Burton had seen it either, and so (laughs) they said. Uh, they told all the other actors, and it was um, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, uh, the boy, uh, he, you know, it was Hunter. Told him, I don't know what, you know, just just go with it, whatever it is. And what? so he was shocked too. Like they, it's like they didn't know what. Like they're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, do you think do you, it resonates with her? With her, the character she's portrayed that she would that she would dance like that. I mean, it kind of reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite, who is this you know, oddball character that the big finale is where he comes out and does that crazy wild and, and hypnotic dance, you know, that, that I, I can tell by your expression, you yeah, were uh, a big fan. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it that. We'll, we'll go, we'll go with um, that. But, but my point is though, it, it almost comes across as a little, um, you know, un- unrealistic that, that she would dance like this. Well, uh, okay. So here's, here's I, my I still thought. enjoyed it. But <laughs> here's, okay. here's my thought about Wednesday. Her, her persona is a face. She really wants to fit in and have friends and all that, but she knows that her other side of her, she can't, so she has to keep up that facade. And part of that is is it, she, she's the one that danced like no one's watching you. Yeah. She's the one that danced in her room 
you know, would she let herself go when no one else can tell kind of thing. So I think it was in her and, and it was I, a kind of a moment of, of, uh, release. I, I, let it go. I, I see where you're coming with, from with that theory. I think they're kind of teasing that as a tug of war theory, you know, where yeah. they, they tease it. Like maybe she does really want to be this, or maybe she's really, you know, really focused on her work and, and, and kind of a narcissist that, you know, it's very, very in, in her brain. She doesn't care about other people, but they're kind of, they're, they're giving you enough to make it seem like you can connect with them. Cause most people then when they're growing up, that's how they're going to feel many days is that, is that's, that, and that's a tug of war in her too, I think. Yeah. So, uh, so, and that's, that's where young people watching this can, 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 can yeah. resonate with this character and, and see that yeah. and put, put, put their own self into this person and who, who is, sure. who has, you know, has this, uh, quality that makes, makes her engaging. And, and that's, that's fun. That's not easy. That's not easy for a person to, to, you know, I think that was good casting and that she played the role well and it somehow (laughs) resonated effectively because it could have gone, could have gone a completely different direction. It could have been, it could have cast the wrong person and it just would have fallen flat because young adult, young, young audiences did not connect with this character. And we've seen that happen sometimes in series. Yeah. Did you notice that she didn't blink? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good for her <laughs> I so, that was probably part of her training right <laughs> uh well i think i can't remember if it was if it was uh tim burton or not but someone had mentioned something to her about like y- you didn't blink during that she goes yeah i know and and so he goes it was it was magical I, I loved it. <laughs> so she she then was like okay so apparently she she had worked so that she didn't blink during her scenes and they were asking, well, so like you can't just not blink. She goes, oh, I I would blink when it was on the other people. Like, oh, so she knew when like the the scenes were gonna go to other people. <laughs> so and I was like, I didn't notice it, but when someone said, it, I was like, damn, you're kind of right. That's that's crazy. I mean, that's just insane. So I, she is such a good actor. I, she's gonna do well uh, for herself. I think she's gonna get a lot of a lot of stuff. I think she wants to. <laughs> do a lot of the horror. I think she likes the horror genre. So I think she's going to probably who, get a lot of good stuff in that. Who was she in X? I think she was the main chick. She was the one that survived. Oh, okay. Not the, she, uh, uh, X was yeah. the one, X was the one on the, the farm, right? Yes. And so she, she was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she was the main, um, the one that survived, essentially. Not the one that they're doing the, the prequel. No, that's about. Maxine. That's that okay. was uh, the old lady. Right. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Now, now I'm interested in seeing. She was X the one that's that on I Showtime, think... right? Um, maybe that's where uh, I knew her from. I think that's where we saw it. Uh, yeah, it's on Showtime. Okay, I still have that. I'm, I might check some of that out again because because I enjoyed that, but at the time <laughs> I hadn't seen Wednesday, and so so now that I've seen Wednesday. It'd be nice to kind of connect. Go back those. in and go. Oh, hey! Yeah. <laughs> I can see. Yeah, yeah. She's just uh, twenty years old, so yeah, she's, she's uh, long, yeah. long ways to go. Um, she um, didn't. She did. She came across as uh, I thought. I thought her casting was good because I didn't get a sense of her age. I thought I didn't. I didn't think she was quite sixteen, but but I didn't get a sense of her age. I thought, man, she could be thirty. She could be. 18. I, I mean, she, she just had, 
had kind of a, a, a blank look when it came to, to her physically. She, she helps. Age, it yeah. helps because she's such a, a small petite person that it really helps with staying in that young genre. Um, the the older version, like you know, the the that the thought that she could be older comes across in her intelligence and the way she acts. I think more, she doesn't seem like a young teenager because of the way she talks, and so I get that. Yeah. So, um, this this was a very uh, visual thing too, and this was Tim Burton. Um, you get get some incredible scenes like uh, the cello solo. Uh, on I think it's the end of the first episode or second. Is that when they're doing Paint It Black? The yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That was fucking killer. But it's just like it's it, I, in the first four episodes are are the ones directed by Tim Burton. You can feel Tim Burton all over this. There's there's just I mean I well, love the the room right the yin and yang of the room yes. where she goes and takes the colors off and then you get that very vivid color contrast to black and white and it just it's it's almost like they put a, a a filter over it too you know like as they're filming from the inside of the room you really get like everything that goes on that side of wednesday's room almost the colors just steep out of them and, and lose themselves it's you're right just, yeah you're right that's a good so call good. that's a good call um i thought the um the hide creature so much reminded me of you, you know Scooby Doo. Uh, well, no, it was it was uh, Large Marge, which you brought up uh, mm. recently, and of course that's Tim Burton's first first real right. uh, well, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was was Tim Burton. <laughs> I don't know if that's his first movie or his first yeah. big successful movie, and and you know and and where he started his relationship with Danny Elfman too, um, and but it kind of had that claymation almost style yeah, yeah. to it, and. Uh, and so I thought that was fun. It was it was a little outlandish and, and crazy. I liked it. I and liked yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I think it worked for this. Um, yeah. Um, I think so that, was, that it, was fun. Yeah, the large march. It's funny when you say that because the very opening scene we get the the kind of the car truck pulling up, uh, pulls over and lets the hiker out, and the lady staring at him had a very large barge look before the the, right. the the freak out. And I was like, and so when you first said large marge, I thought about that. But then when you say the hide, I was like, oh yeah, that works too. It's so funny. Good. I think, I think it was that guy when he got out, I, he, his voice reminded me so much of, oh my God, what's the guy with the beady eyes that, uh, um, was in, in Fargo. The little guy, I can't, I can't remember his name, but anyway, I, I thought his voice <laughs> sounded sounded so much like like him. You'd know the the actor. He's uh, he he's been in a bunch of stuff, yeah. and I think recently you even commented how much you you liked him. But he's yeah, oh, you're talking Bashimi? Yeah, Steve Bashimi. Yeah, some people think looks like Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> That's which is funny. kind of which I, I love the little meme that shows them side by side and they've got the same picture and 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 they they comment how Angelina Jolie is considered such a such a looker and such a beauty and he's considered you know quite the ugly motherfucker. Such a troll. <laughs> you know? But uh, but um, I his, the voice I think reminded me so much that I thought oh this is a character that is going to somehow you know I thought he become, was a big become yeah. later Steve Buscemi or something like that I, and I'm thinking it was steve buscemi I, I might be wrong on on that but uh, <laughs> that's uh but then they killed him right off the bat it's like okay i, th I guess that i thought wrong. he was gonna i thought i'm like oh this is a good character we're gonna follow into the school yeah. and all that and then yeah no just 
annihilate them. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good. And they do mention um, you mentioned Scooby Doo. They do mention that at one point. The that which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> I there was there was definitely some Scooby Doo ness of this um, thing. Thing is a big part of this, uh, and I yeah. think they did a really good job. Almost almost better than I've ever remember thing being part of Adam's family thing had much more personality than I I mean I think in Adam's family it was great but but the way that you I mean when when thing almost died oh, that was God, that right? was tough <laughs> it was like I, I'm no. with you on that I, I felt <laughs> that too so I mean the fact that they can draw that much emotion out of this you know this this hand that but yeah. but that that's because it it becomes a person. It be you know it communicates. It it has a personality and and it connects. And so once you do that, and then they threaten. Well, it, it's like and it's like no, there's no way they're gonna kill thing off. This is this is a season one, and this has got to go. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna pull this in the first season. <laughs> well, the way they also had thing having uh, relationships with people outside of Wednesday, right? You know. Uh, talking to Inid about, you know, doing the, the beauty secret, uh, you know, the hand, the, the so, you know, moisturizers and things like that. And yeah. Even even the normies knew hand. I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that thing. that thing wasn't a, wasn't a secret. Um, yeah. It, and, you know, right off the bat, that's that's why things shows up is to spy. And immediately that becomes, you know, nope, you're here. You're discovered, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, you're going to the only the only way you're going to survive this is if you uh, if, is yeah. if you if you connect, you know, do do my bidding. Oh, I thought it was great. So I, I, I didn't catch this. I, I, I actually read it off of IMDb, which I thought was funny. So the the hand cream that she mentions uh when uh, she goes, I, I smelled you right away because of uh, such and such hand cream. Apparently, that's the same hand cream that um, the Wild Bill character from uh, Silence of the Lambs <laughs> has. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, oh, that's that's demented, too. I was like, oh, it fits so well. It puts um, the lotion in the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I use that line all the time. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, it did, they did a really good job too, of, of creating a mystery in this, um, creating some, some drama between the normies and the, and the, the outcasts, you know, where you had the pilgrim land and you got the, the kids showing up in the, the pilgrim costumes with the first big fight in the coffee shop. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and just, you know, how it all went down. We get the carry scene, right? Oh, I know, with the blood that that shoots out of the well, it's not blood. It's they couldn't even afford real pig's blood. Real blood. Is that, is I was that like, what she says? Yeah, I was like, she, that's she was offended. Yes. <laughs> so that that was funny. Um, the one thing I I I I didn't care for that a little bit is is they played a little bit too much into let her always be the the black sheep, and when everybody's wearing white for fencing, and she shows up in a black uniform. Uh, everybody at the dance is wearing white except for her. Right. Um, Did she, you know, I, 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 at one point I was going to go back cause I watched the first episode and, and, and never rewatched the first. I mean, I only saw the whole series once, but was there a reason why she had a different color, uh, uniform? Did they mention they, they get they did the, uh, okay. the headmistress said it because she said that she's allergic to color and they go and, and they go well we got you a special and so that's why she was able okay. to have the black and I, white. I figure they must have dropped some sort of line because otherwise which it just didn't. makes me wonder is like is she actually allergic to color 
like because everything that she does is has has zero color in it. Yeah, it was a good excuse. You know? <laughs> it was a good I, excuse to kind of. I think it would be. I think it would be hilarious if, if like literally they they put her in a pink dress and she starts to wither, you know. <laughs> I, I I think it. Well, would she be didn't have a problem with the blood coming down or the, the whatever it was or the the true the true Kool-Aid that's a red or, yeah um, yeah it, that that was pretty. Um, yeah, this is this is a good show. Uh, I I know I know they're gonna do a season two. I I can't see them not doing a season two. Sure. Uh, what I hope doesn't happen is is that this is it. They run out of good writing um and just beat it to death for money because this is a a good idea um i would love to see get pugsley more involved in the next one you know uh one of the things i always enjoyed from the tv show was all the little shit she used to do to torture him you know they're always walking in and and she's about to cut his head off with a guillotine or right you know there's just all these little things that they did and those are fun i don't know how how long that could last in a series and that's why i think i think they got it out of the way at the very beginning with the with the the piranha you know they they did that whole scene which i thought was fine it didn't it wasn't nearly as good as any of the ones from the movies no yeah but they but they moved on because because those are like little side gags and you yeah you know you can only go so far with a gag like that and if you just keep doing that over and over again um, well, but I would like to see uh, one or two of them in another, in season two, just somehow get the pug, even if it's just right. a, a I was, memory. I was kind of surprised that uh, you know they did re- reference some of the ga- some of the torture that that she used to do yeah. on Pugsley, but but they never actually had anything in the in the series when he showed up, did they? That uh... Uh, no, he was very very limited in it. Um, there was uh, one more uh, Eugene. Eugene was. Uh... Kind of the, the the real nerd of the school, right? He was the B the B guy. Oh right, who right. Got slashed up. Um, one of one of the things until the very end where they where he actually comes out and and shows a power. I was kind of I was kind of, I'm like, how, why is this kid even here? He's just he's just a nerd. Like they they didn't really show any reason why. You know they didn't go into everybody's powers and and talk about why they're there. And and so it was kind of like, why is this kid even here? To me, he was a weird character, and I don't know, like, what what was your thoughts on on his and Wednesday's relationship? Where, like, do you feel that was legit? Did it did it help us? Did it help? Did it hurt? Did it? What what was your thoughts? It it made me feel relevant because I was I was Eugene growing up. I was that little kid that didn't you know that. I was the friend. I was the friend of all the, you know, You're the girls liked the me zone. as a friend just because I didn't, I didn't possess a, a masculine presence. I f- possessed a, a more of a cute and, and thoughtful, um, and gotcha. intelligent presence. But, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I think it was because I was small, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get any sort of growth spurt until I was like right. 17, which I finally kind of caught up with. You know the, the average short. You know, not I wasn't short. I was average. Average. <laughs> the short. average guy. Good, good <laughs> enough. Good enough to to where I felt a little bit more comfortable in my skin. But but 
if you look at a lot of the characters, so many, especially the the male characters, they were all um, kind of that alpha presence. They were they were gotcha. tall and handsome, and 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 so yeah, I th- I think it it made me feel happy, and so okay, so so that that was how how I saw it. It made me feel like they were representing. <laughs> I get you, I get you. Okay, yeah. now that you talk about it that way, I I can see that because I I felt a little represented in it, not in the alpha characters. Like I I didn't nothing like the two main guys more more like um the the guy that always had the beanie on the the gorgon um trying to find his name here real quick he was he was kind of like the guy that couldn't catch a clue when the girl was trying to uh hit on him oh right Uh, right (laughs) had to be and then when she finally when he finally kind of convinces her to ask him out she's like i knew you know i I, yeah I, i knew it he asked me out i'm so excited you know she just like yeah. even though she just kind of scripted it for him exactly and that's, then he stoned himself <laughs> that that I, I i get it because i i kind of uh that i resonate and know, i'm so happy that they they didn't turn that into like you know some sour relationship just because of a misunderstanding he just owned up to it and she was instantly thrilled it's like oh good you know i still i still like you and and which i like that surprised me it took so long i i i'm agreeing I agree hundred yeah. percent with you. I was surprised. Like, why would he just, I mean, I, and then when he said I was embarrassed and I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. That, I, <laughs> I know that was dangling for like a whole episode. It's like, what the hell happened? That was like, so, so it, it made me feel really good when they finally brought it up and he just kind of like, no, I don't. She said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do anything because you ignored me. He's like, Oh, I stoned myself. And then she was just like instantly flipped. It's like, that's so, yeah. that's so Perfect. That, you know, yeah. To just have no. That. I I agree with you hundred percent. I I <laughs> love those. Um. I I I think I resonate with him because I think if if I was at school, I would be going after her too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like I like that rainbow <laughs> werewolf. I, I'm I'm a werewolf fan to begin with. Um, I like colors. You know, it all works. I, um, and her dad, you know, he didn't have much uh, oh, much of a oh, I loved much it. to say. He just kind of stand there a little stoic the whole time. But but he had that one like I'm proud of you moment and. And you just kind of like went, oh yeah, because because we were all a little fed up with the mom just just judging her about everything. Um, but uh, the dad was so good in that. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of wonder if he just if he's if he's a little overpowered in their relationship, so he doesn't have much to say. He just stands well, in the background. That's but that, it did that, it did feel good that she got some rep. That's you know, that she, Irish mom stereotype. That okay. They, they they browbeat their husbands into submission and the guy just is like yeah honey whatever and big irish family you know yeah. all the brothers are all wolfing out and mom's all proud of them but yeah the uh, yeah full-on fits and and yeah. i loved it uh yeah the dad i was i was all about it i was like oh, that's so cool yeah um and i loved i loved the ending where she actually wolfs out and saves the day did I, you know, I didn't, I didn't go on social media. I'm, I'm usually a little bit more resistant to watching podcasts and stuff. <laughs> just I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep my opinions, you know, fresh yeah. and you, well, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting because you go out and explore the different opinions and I yeah. try to like stick with, stick with what I, I resonate. And then we kind of bounce them back and see, see what back and forth and see what happens. Um, but uh, did people get upset that she wolfed out? Because they no. it seemed at, at, almost at one point they were making like a comparison to being to being gay or to being to being uh, you know this this idea that 
some people just don't wolf out. They're not a, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, the, no, no, the, I just... the language they were using, it, it, it felt familiar, almost like someone who, who was homosexual, that, that it was a okay, question of whether think... or not, whether or not they were born that way, or if it was a oh. choice. It seemed like they were, they were using that same sort of language in the dialogue. And so I, I was curious when, when she wolfed out, if people were a little upset that, that they didn't, I didn't, they didn't hold I didn't them. listen to a lot of them. Okay. Uh, and and the ones that I did, no one no one came out anything like that. Um, I think the only thing and in, in, that I heard or even thought of myself, I'm trying to you know pick it all apart, but um, I felt it more. It was a late bloomer, right? You know. Yeah. Well, sure. I, don't think I it, mean, I can resonate I, with that. I, I, like I said, I didn't have my exactly. Until you know, I was like seventeen. Um, so. And so I think that's more what it was. I never I never heard anybody say anything that even felt anything remotely like a uh you know that it was a homosexual vibe or that she was in the closet or it was more just that late bloomer kind of thing it, like, and when i say that vibe I, I mean i'm just kind of relating it when it yeah, comes no, to i, I to can see that what, as, i can see as what as you're language, saying you know, you know yeah no i don't think anybody felt that way that i listened to uh i did come across one and i uh it really turned me off right away because immediately all they talked about was diversity and uh, and how this this show like they could have done so much more and i was like um seemed pretty diversified to me like i mean there there wasn't there wasn't like oh my god everybody's white or you know there's it it, it spread out across the whole thing so i was kind of like i didn't get it so i, I immediately turned that one off which it's yeah, it sucks it, because it was two women and i like to hear the the women's aspect of shows because that's something i don't have necessarily other than what i talk to my wife with um but as soon as they started talking about that, I, I, you know, but it seems like that's their kind of everything they watch. They get into that, that, that that's race their angle. It. That's, that's their yeah. angle. It, it almost predisposes, you know, pre prejudges anything. Cause yes, everything you can look at from that perspective and, and you can question those decisions because decisions have to be made when it comes to casting. Um, well, I, 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 I am a, I am certainly an advocate for diverse casting. I'm, I don't yes. get upset when, when people are cast against type because I think it, <laughs> it, it adds to the possibilities and, you know, and, and I think there's, there's history that shows it went one way early on. And so there's, there's reason to, to explore m more diversity, to make things more interesting. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, if you're, if you're just going to say this person's, why? Well, they, they, <laughs> yeah, they literally within the first 20 minutes, five, five or six minutes went on at just about race. And I was in, and how, you know, it, it, and I, was like, this is I think it devalues the conversation. It, yeah. It, I mean, we just saw Avatar two, And I think I got into a little bit of a, of a hissy fit because I think <laughs> what that does is devalue the, the value of, of a conversation about environmentalism, which I think is important, but the way it presents right, right. it is a way that creates this black and white that just loses the, the ability to have a conversation and to try to work out solutions. We, it we, seems, yeah. And, and, we, and that so pigeonholed in one idea. And yeah, that's what it that, was. It seems like that would be the same case if they're just all, no matter what going to, yeah. going to pinpoint well, a, but that's what oh, I wanted yeah. to say is this this actually had a lot of diversity. I mean, if you start with yeah. uh, Jenna Ortega, you know, pro, uh, I don't know exactly, but uh, with Ortega as a last name, uh, I'm going to guess that she has some, you know, Spanish her, or her background. Her 
Yeah, her mom is Mexican, and her dad is yeah. Mexican and Sicilian, I think. So, so I mean, she was born in America. Yeah, uh, you know, we had we had, I think we had some Irish in there. Uh, I think Myers Emma Myers is Puerto Rican. Irishman. I'm sorry, I said Sicilian. Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, one of the main characters, this, uh, you know, uh, Bianca was was African American. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and as we go down there, there was a uh, a mix of characters the whole way through. There wasn't like there wasn't an overrepresentation of anybody, I believe, and there wasn't like, oh my God, well, why isn't you know why isn't there enough people of this? Or yeah, I, so. I think I think it's good. It it does kind of taint the process of casting because there is this need to represent. But I don't, I mean, I think that's fine. I think, I think we're in a, we're in a, especially in America, we're in such a, such a diverse pool of, of ancestry that, that it, it's, 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 it's What's, so much better to, to represent, you know, what all the, the different, the different races. One of the, the cultures. arguments I heard someone talk about uh, is, uh, you know, that, and, and you have this, this, this take on it that, you know, it doesn't matter what the, the, the background or, or race of the person is as long as they're a good actor. And that's and that's a good good idea. But it's funny when, when that is the case, but then when you get uh, uh, a lot of these uh, player people and they talk about, well, you put a white person in playing, you know, an Italian, or and it's like, well, why is that any different than putting a black person in it? The better I, actor gets the job, whether I, I it's think, white, black, burnt, you know. I think there are I think there are roles that call out cultural dependencies. I mean that 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 true that the role itself is created to an express express some sort of cultural idea, and so casting with that in mind makes sense. But it's still it's still valuable to explore. But but I think when you're dealing with so many you know so there are so many roles that are that are general that are much more based on performance and and that that if you limit them to to a uh, you know to one race you're gonna you're gonna totally diminish the possibilities of what can what can yeah. be created. So well, that's uh, what it, what I what I was bringing up is is uh, John Leguizamo just recently you know was was bringing up a bunch of stuff and he I mean, we both love about, him. He's it was because of John Wick, man. <laughs> I, you know, well, he's been in a lot of stuff. Matter Too Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Oh I, yeah, he's great. That's funny. Like <laughs> I was trying to remember who it was, and that's what I brought up to 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 get his name was Too Wong Fu, which I, I love that movie. Um, but he's bringing up the he was he was the one that was was bringing up a lot of stuff about you know all these characters that were in like Scarface that weren't Italian and all this and it's like I'm like but he's also the one like he's played characters that aren't you know Italian it's like well why is it okay when when it's you know a black or a Mexican or something playing a not a character that's not that but why is it not okay the other way you know it's just one of those it's just something that came up and I don't want to get too into it because not really where I want to go with it. <laughs> it's it, well, it is kind of interesting. I think audiences drive that conversation more now too, because I don't, I don't think Hollywood is casting. I, I think to an extent they're trying to create a diverse, a diverse. I, uh, I think some, will, some, but, but some, I, well, some I, studios I think, are going overboard. Well, I think there are audiences that they're catering to, and so if you've got a movie that you know is you. You found an audience that is more, you know, black, or uh, then mm-hmm. then they may lean in towards that, and so 
they're not going to be racially motivated. They're going to be money or uh, motivated. They're going to say, this is how we sell this movie, which, which creates kind of a dilemma. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, but, but well, I, that's the black Panther movie. I mean, uh, uh, okay. I, it is. I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, you want to talk about diversity in, in MCU really, you know, you, they go and say, oh, there's not enough uh, diversity in all these movies. Then you get Black Panther, and there's literally one white guy in the whole movie or two Black. white guys in the whole movie. That's I, not very diverse. I think Black Panther is a good representation of a movie that is culturally very um, specific in, 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 its, in its story. So, so there's, there's more of a reason to cast uh, okay, but Black if we, actors. If, but, uh, but, but, but I... All- but I, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're that's, saying. That's, but, that's what I was trying but, to say. Um, but that's what I mean is this is a very diverse cast. I think they did a great job oh. without trying to over push it and overstate it. Yeah. I think they did and, a very good job with coming up that. I think, you know, you mentioned you don't want to get into this with, with this conversation. I think these are these are good opportunities <laughs> because they're not as they're not as um dangerous we're, we're kind of we're enjoying this film we're talking about oh, for sure and, and so we're kind of reflecting on things um uh, you know reflecting on hollywood and how it casts and and so <laughs> so when we discuss it it's a little bit less uh you know you know there's less of an Tense. edge on <laughs> yes exactly so uh let's get back to this i have it running on imdb in the background here little little screens and one of the things that just came up was the the main I, I, maybe not the main bad guy, but a big part of this, and this was uh, the, the the kind of the story that uh, Wednesday was following through this. Um, we had the one kid who who attacked her essentially, and she got the little sheet of paper that showed the fire and the brimstone, and she had to. That's how we got her all involved. Came up with the character Joseph Crackstone, who oh, right. was was a uh, like a. A Puritan, I think is more Puritan kind of pilgrimy, uh, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to think. They weren't priests or, but he was like a, a religious. Puritan, I think, is perfect. Puritan, yeah. Pur- yeah. Puritan, and you know, killed killed her ancestor or Salem or, witch trials. It kind of it yeah. kind of brought that up. And now, what what do you think of that part of the story? Because I, to me, I you know, I thought it was good as a background thing, but when he came back. And all of a sudden, he's using like this magic stone and all you know these raw you know it just I thought it lost a little bit of it like it was like you're 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 attacking people for being this but you are this essentially <laughs> it, oh. was, it seemed really weird um, message wise I I mean or just story wise well oh, okay story wise I I mean I think they had already kind of established um, the. The, the different elements that they were playing with. So it, it didn't stand out as, as, as unusual. It was, a two, it was a two pronged story, right? There's the hide and then there's the, the goody Adams, uh, crackstone side where it's the past and the ancestor versus ancestor. Right. Um, and then the hide versus Adams, it felt it felt fine for like a Drew a Nancy Drew style mystery, you okay. know, where where it it did kind of Scooby Doo out, but 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 <laughs> it it felt it felt like it worked in this. I think I think right off the bat they established this that it, this was this was more than just an Adams family. It wasn't just a you okay. know, let's let's throw the Adams family in a, in a in a real environment and see what happens. No, they're gonna take Wednesday and put her in a 
Harry Potter invite. I I still think Harry Potter <laughs> is fair to to kind of compare it to that and give it a little bit of an edge. Um, yeah. And when you're dealing with eight hours, you know, because these are full one hour episodes, you've got you can have you've got some story to tell. You know, you can well, you play and with that's it. where and, I and so you're gonna go places that you're exploring whether or not they work. Do I think it was a perfect series? No, but I, but I, it didn't bother me that, that how they played this out. I thought some of the, you know, you get into kind of with all these different characters, there's always the soap op, the, the kind of soap opera moments where they take a side character and explore <laughs> right. it a little bit. I thought they got away with that pretty well in here. They focused mostly on Wednesday, but when they went over when, you know, her roommate, you know, those little side stories, those were just enough to kind of enhance her character and, and, and give you something to connect to. And I thought some of these, these um, evil characters just were fit into the whole idea of a Nancy Drew style mystery. Well, that's, that's where I was almost like, uh, to me, it's like, okay, you had two stories in this. You could have maybe split this into season one, season two, and gave us a little bit more in each story in, you know what I mean? Like, um, do you think? I mean, how do you do that? How do you you just writers, draw writers out? Do you make yeah, scenes right, longer? Yeah. You make scenes longer. You maybe you add a little bit of uh, more deception in it. Maybe you give a little bit of more uh, character base to some of the the side I, characters. I, I'm sure that balancing act is really is really a struggle with writers. You know, we, we I you know what a good uh, a good series to compare this to is season two of of Jennifer Jessica Jones, which kind of followed multiple characters in different story arcs. And I think I was a big yeah. fan of that one. Um, but, uh, oh man. And, and, uh, what's the, she, she was the ultimate goth character from, um, matrix. What's the, what's the woman's name that was in Jessica Jones. That was also the, Oh, the, oh, uh, the, the main, um, main uh, woman in matrix too. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, she kind of had that Trinity. Goth look. Yeah, Trinity had that goth look that was very reminiscent of kind of Susie from Susie and the Banshees and uh, <laughs> that, that goth presence. That's anyway. uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie yeah, Ann Moss. Thank you. Thank you. She's great. Um, but uh, that series kind of had this balancing act where it was following different stories and trying to make them all work. And I liked how those came together. And so that's always a goal. I, and when I you, agree, when but I, when you're I, dealing with a series, it's tough to just stick with one story. Yes. Well, I, that's what I was saying is, is these were two, these could have been two major stories, right? Uh, I think that you stay with the hide for the first one, right? And you, maybe you dip a little bit into, to goody, but you keep, you keep that as a, as a, in your back pocket for sec, season two is, is the climax. It's funny now that you, now that you're mentioning this, I see that they were kind of two stories, but I never felt that we were on two different roller coasters with this, with this series. It, <laughs> felt, it all kind of felt cohesive to me. So I think they did a good job keeping them keeping them cohesive. And I think when you're dealing with a mystery, it's important to have different avenues to explore, which it kind of like mixes up the, the, the possibilities so that, so that when you're trying to solve the mystery, it's not just like lying right there in front of you. You've got to have, uh, you know, a few different avenues to explore. I just, I think the crackstone thing didn't get enough. I don't think it got enough buildup and enough time to finish out. Like I think it was, it was such a shortened story that it could have been much bigger, with with the way they played out the character at the end. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I know they used it as a mechanism to have uh, Wednesday almost die, and that kind of 
change her mentality a little bit. But they could have done the same thing maybe with the hide and stuff like that. I mean, it gave us it gave us the ending that we all wanted, right? We we get, you know, uh Ned coming in like blood covered, you know, like just everybody's like, "Whoa, what the fuck happened?" and Wednesday kind of coming out and she gives her that big hug and and first off Wednesday backs up, but then she hugs her and it like I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I know I'm I'm a little more emotional than you. Um, you know that that's total bullshit because I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, no, I mean it really like I was like I I got a little teary eyed. I was like, oh my god, like we 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 knocked that first brick out of that wall in Wednesday's in Wednesday's uh you know outer barrier, and and it was like oh it just was such a good ending for all of it i think both of us are 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 you know tied to those moments that you know sometimes they're just like stupid stupid simplistic (laughs) nostalgic moments or or just that but but we both have kids we both have you know we family is important to us and so you see you see life threatened that you know that if they make a connection and then suddenly and threaten it and then bring it back together in a way that sometimes really simplistically resonates with us. We, we tear up. <laughs> it's like, no, no, oh, you're, you're right. Uh, so, so I think, I think we're a lot alike there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for me, it's weird. It, uh, I, I thought about this, why, why that was such a, a, uh, impactful scene for me. And, uh, a lot of it had to do with a hug. And I, I went back and I was looking at like, why, why does her hugging back, means so much and it really comes back to I, I i thought about this a lot because uh growing up i was a very non-contact person right I, I grew up with just my father um not a lot of hugging didn't get a lot of kisses as a kid kind of thing like that from my father you know it was, and and didn't hug my friends in high school you know it was always the high five fist bump whatever yeah you know uh slap on the butt good game kind of thing never never a hug uh, now, and it, and it started, you know, probably in my late twenties, uh, you know, when I got into Renaissance fairs, weird enough that, uh, I got around a bunch of people that forced you kind of to hug. And I realized, holy shit, this is, this is the thing. And, and now I'm very much a hugger and I've seen this happen to other friends of mine you know, too that weren't. <laughs> you're probably going commando in your kilt when you're hugging. So that might've inspired For sure. as well, right? Okay. Oh yeah. No, you gotta go. You gotta go that way. And yes, it, it, it gets a very, uh, raw emotional reaction. And I mean that emotional, emotional quote unquote, <laughs> but yes, no, but it was one of those things is that I realized that how powerful hugs are. Um, to the point now where, you know, uh, I'll hug people that don't even want it. And it's like, look, this might not be for you, but it's for me too. And so I, when that happened and, and that resistance from her and then, and then giving into it, I was like, oh my God, like having, if you've ever been on either side of that and know what that is, you're like, oh my God, that is so powerful. That and that's where her character arc was interesting because she ha- she comes across as such a narcissistic, you know, self-absorbed, thoughtful, but but you know she she is chosen not to empathize with people, and so this is a moment where where she really she she does connect with 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 her well, roommate, and, and she even calls it out. She yeah. calls it out and and says that you don't care about anybody. You you put people in danger and didn't care if they got hurt. Right. And 
and and it shows at the end that maybe she really does and or maybe maybe there's a change in her and and that's yeah and Jenna Ortega has you know she has those moments where it you know playing Wednesday it's kind of tough but but she can just <laughs> kind of pause and look to in and and pause for just long enough where where as an audience we can watch and say oh my gosh she has she's having a moment where she's thinking about that. <laughs> you know, we could put all of our, our own yeah. thoughts into it. But but you can see the growth and where, especially with with her relationship with her roommate, uh, how that how that comes to such a, a beautiful moment in the end. Yeah. And yeah. so I, so I, I get it. I get what you're saying about, you know, tearing up or and I didn't tear up. Oh, I don't, no I don't know if I, I <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember if I teared up, but I know I know I had a little sniffles. Yeah, uh, like it, I like it, I felt I felt emotional. Oh yeah, you get the goosebumps. Yeah, you feel like oh yes, that's what I that's what I was hoping for. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a great ending, and and it was very dramatic. I I loved how Anid wolfed out and basically came out whooping ass. I, but I, and you know this in me, I am a werewolf fan. Like you know you know someone someone actually uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Not how how how's the word is compared this compared compared the word compared this to Twilight a little bit, you know the whole uh, two guys two different sides you know going for the girl and I was like I was like yeah you know and I was always Team Jacob, fuck <laughs> werewolves all the way, like you know I I'm just a werewolf fan, and so uh, I I'm, I was pulling for her from the get go and then when she came back. And then, I mean, we got some emotional ties in that. Like, she almost looked like she was down and out, and then came back and just started kicking ass. I was like, God damn, I love this kid. This is, is so good. I, I just, I I almost want a series with just her. You know, I, I would go for that. And I'm not that bubbly, rainbow bright person, so. So you're not, you know, Herschel Walker sided with vampires. He was, wasn't wasn't he born, or maybe he was into werewolves. I don't know. But, I, but, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, you don't know about I don't, that. I don't, okay. I don't want to side with Herschel Walker right now. Uh, there's a lot of shit about him going on that I, I'm not so sure I want to side with him yeah, on that. Okay, but, uh, we, we won't get into that. But you brought up Twilight, which is you know werewolves versus vampires. And right, right. Well, because that was the, that was always the big. I remember. I I I think I saw the first movie. I don't think I saw the other ones. Uh, and I never read the books, but I know there was that big Team Jacob, Team Edward kind of thing. Right. And, and yeah. So. I I read the first book and I watched the first movie, and I actually liked them both. But but I I I always felt that 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 was a you know it gets to a point in the book where everything's kind of revealed and things come together, and it's like I have no desire to continue on to this because to me the <laughs> mystery is more interesting. And when it the comes, mystery and, yeah. and the kind of the building of the relationship, and once it's there, it's like oh my god, I don't want to have anything to do with this vampire. Best best meme I've vampire. ever seen is it was like how va- or how uh, Twilight should have ended, and it's a picture of. Um, the main vampire and the girl sitting there, and then it's got Blade sitting behind them. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, so good," because uh, it would just been done. Uh, you know, you know, we got some great jokes out of. It. I mean, now sparkly vampires is a thing, so that's that's a good joke, right? Um, but yeah, I I couldn't say that I I saw this as a a comparison to that. I do see the Harry Potter comparison because of the school, uh, Nevermore, which. Uh, if you're interested, you can go out and and there is a Nevermore website that talks about the school and some of the uh, instructors and some of the students and stuff. It's very I slim. It fan f- I bet there's fan fiction that's coming soon. There's you know? gonna yeah, be. Yeah, there's yeah, gonna oh, be. Uh, yeah. I guarantee got, that. Right. We got but, our sparkly band 
Batman uh, fan fiction, and and maybe uh, if he, you know, maybe Robert Pattinson's going to attend Nevermore, and we're going to get our sparkly vampire, <laughs> you know, versus oh, versus Hyde. I don't <laughs> sparkly Batman. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so they're 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 definitely pushing. I I, I have a feeling they're gonna they're probably going to write season two and season three really soon. Uh, get those. Green yeah, going. I, yeah, I'm sure. I think they've already started production, but you never know if it's going to be greenlit. But this is absolutely going to be greenlit season it, two because, it, especially based on what you said, how it's been so it successful. Ki- it, yeah, yeah, it killed that. Not only, well, I mean, if you look at what it what it knocked off the pedestal, right? It took Stranger Things down, which should have stopped after season <laughs> four, but they're already, you know, pushing out another one of those. Oh, because, are they? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're going to run that one into the ground. Um, so, uh, I, I hope, I hope that, uh, Adam, that, that Wednesday revives, uh, Susie and the Banshees. I, I, she, <laughs> um, I'd love to go. I think, I think I heard a rumor that she may be, um, you know, revitalizing her career and, and coming out in concert oh, in, in 2022. Okay. What? Oh. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I feel, I feel that like Billy Idol, right? I love yeah. Billy Idol music and I saw him a concert when I was young and then I was like, Oh, I saw that Billy Idol was going to tour again. And so I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to check this out. And I looked at it and, um, you know, when they say never meet your heroes, <laughs> don't go watch your old favorite musicians. Cause it is bad. It just, yeah. I think it depends on if the, if the, if the person tries to just emulate that youthful person they were, then it gets kind of embarrassing and tough. You know, you've got to evolve. But the music, the music requires that at some point, you yeah. know, Billy Idol is not, uh, you know, Liberace yeah. where he can just sit around and, you know, croon, <laughs> uh, Susie Nabanchi's I have a feeling is the very same way. I, I mean, yeah. I thought about well, this and, and we'll never get this, but the beastie boys, right. Um, you know, we'll never see them in concert again because we, we lost, uh, you know, Adam, but uh, it's one of those things is like, could they do the same show now that they did? And uh, I don't I don't think it's possible. They're just they, they've grown yeah. mentally, physically out of that that realm of where they were. So it's one of it, those. It like, is kind of a, a phys- you mentioned physically, but there is kind of a presence, too, because when you see yeah. an older person up there, it just doesn't it doesn't connect. Like, you know, Kate Bush got so much more of a fanfare with uh, Stranger Things season. What is it for? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever the last season was that revitalized her, her uh, song uh, "Running Up That Hill," which I'm a huge Kate Bush fan. I was back in the eighties. I just like Bush in the general. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but but she kind of she really stopped putting out albums uh, twenty years ago. She released a incredible uh, double album, uh, Ariel, at at one point, uh, which. I highly recommend, but, but then, but she really stayed in the background and, 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 and she, uh, she doesn't like, she doesn't like giving personal interviews. She maybe do some mm-hmm. radio and stuff, but, uh, but I don't think she would feel comfortable. She did a private concert about, a, or not a, not a concert, but it was like a, a, a three day performance where she did, she, it was exclusive. Um, she didn't let anyone photograph it and it was um it was about five years ago for like three days and that was it and um because i think she's very much a recluse um and doesn't want to be wasn't want to be seen but 
And that's that's the the danger because she was kind of a a sexual icon. You know, yeah. she had a beautiful voice and and wonderful wonderful talent. But uh, but it, she had a presence too that was very sexualized. Yeah. And that's not easy when you get older to try to recreate. So you, so you have to that, figure yeah. out. You got to figure out how to evolve. And uh, so that was a tangent. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> but, that's fine. That's music, what we do here. Music, you know, we see that we see the musical resonance of these things. Adam's family is kind of re- revitalizing Susan the Banshees and Kate Bush with Stranger Things, and uh, it's nice to see. Yeah, uh, and David oh, it, Bowie from last last week's episode or two weeks ago, we did the episode I, there. <laughs> I love the fact when we get that music because I mean, there's the nostalgia factor for you know this this was a YA style, but you know you have some of that music from from the '80s that brings it in for for us older folks that you know sit down and watch these too. Yeah, um, good good stuff. I, I think I think you know this this has a chance to go three four seasons depending on if they keep good writers. Uh, you know, if they get, you know, if they yeah. get the right directors backed, you know, getting Tim Burton on this first one, uh, it was a huge, will he come back and do more? I don't know. Cause it's TV. We don't know what Tim Burton's about. You know, I was surprised he didn't do the last episode. Cause usually, a, a, a showrunner right. will, will start it off and then let someone else run with it and then come back for the finale and kind of put their, put their signature on the end. And, and I was disappointed that he didn't. Yeah, I mean, we well, we had Danny Elfman too, and I I think he only worked on the ones that were, were you know the first four. I, no, I think the, he just did the the theme. He did the theme, and then he did a little bit of of interaction with the person that composed the music throughout. But uh, well, it has him down as four episodes, and then the other guy kissed Chris Bacon as seven. So I, yeah, I think I think I, I think Chris Bacon kind of took over. Did the did the music throughout uh danny elfman did the theme and he worked a little bit with chris bacon to kind of come up yeah. with a but yeah but i mean that's that tim burton chris you know uh danny elfman tie you know if they can get them back that'll help i don't necessarily well, know we need tim burton on the rest of this but i mean it couldn't hurt but i i i, I think you're right as far as writing that that if you could put your money into a writing staff that can that that or I don't know, staff is the wrong word. Sometimes sometimes scripts need to be focused on One a person, really yeah. good person that, that can flesh out the characters and, and come up with a series. You know, you're dealing with an eight, you know, they'll probably well, follow okay. the same thing. They um, have they have the, the formula set though, right? This is going to be a uh, detective, you know, Wednesday Adams is now the new, uh, what, what what's... Um, Oh God! What's the 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 girl detective books that were out? Well, I, I said Nancy you, Drew was the Nancy but, Drew, but there was another one. There was a, I mean, it was like I know when I grew up, I had Encyclopedia Brown was one that I read a lot of. <laughs> uh, but there was a girl detective recently, and it's not Nancy Drew. It's another, it's another one of those names, but it's it's the newest set of that. And so, um, yeah, no, if you get someone that can, and I mean, shit, uh, well, steal stories from that. Yeah. Well, maybe her, with her, with her Ruby, they'll do like a Hardy Girls, you know, rather than, you know. The... Oh, <laughs> that would be fun. Um, I, I just, I want to see them make it work. Um, like I said, I want, I want these characters back. I, I want to see more of the, 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 the other students too. I, I don't want this to just be Wednesday Adams. Uh, I think she was fun enough for for the series but i think to make this go forward you really need to to backflush some of those other characters and make us 
care a little bit more about them too. I think um, the uh, screenplays are probably to me more important than the than the uh, than the mysteries, and that's where it comes to dialogue because sure. this sure. had, especially early on, it had some sharp dialogue that really made me resonate with these characters, really connect with these characters, and make them feel like they they had something to offer to social norms today and things going <laughs> things going on. It it was interesting. It was interesting, and if they can do that, that's what makes people want to watch and see what what uh, what opinions they have what insight especially if it's if it's nuanced enough and 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 clever enough to not feel like it's got an agenda behind it you know <laughs> and that's not easy because because yeah. you want to say something and you don't want to you don't want to carry that banner of i'm a woke <laughs> you know woke series that's trying to uh, uh, force my well, agenda on you. I, I love I love what they said about social media, right, with Wednesday's quote, right? I'm going to read this one. I find social media to be soul-sucking void of meaningless <laughs> affirmation. And I was like, yeah, nailed which, it. Which is great because that's coming from a character that, that can throw off those sort of extremes. And and yeah. and you say that's, that's exactly who Wednesday is. And it, it's also something that you want to believe too yourself. Even, <laughs> right, though yeah. even though you're sitting there, you know, you know, Key mashing on, on Facebook. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. I just uh, recently sent out uh, uh, back episodes, uh, drinks. I'm going to catch up here uh, pretty soon in the next couple uh, weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit behind, but yeah. So yeah, I get it. And and you know, it's funny you say that, dude, because I I send them out there and I, I literally go on. I'm like, oh, did oh no, oh, no more likes. Okay, <laughs> come on, people. I know you're seeing it, but. I, I, I talked about doing some videos on, on drink. you haven't yet. I no, I haven't yet. I, I still want to do that, but, um, it's called, but it's called we're adults and we have, uh, uh priorities <laughs> that, uh, real life take over. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But everyone say, damn, we're, 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 we're committed to this. I, you, I you're right this. about that. <laughs> speaking well, of Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a great series. Uh, I would recommend this highly to anybody. Uh, I was a little leery at first when, uh, uh, trying to see if my wife wanted to watch it just cause I know the macabre stuff isn't always up her, her alley, but we watched that first episode and she was into it too. Yeah. It's not very it, so. violent. I mean, it has some violence in it, but it's, but it's, but it's not overboard. No, right. It's not overboard. It, it's very easy to, I mean, I don't know if this is for young kids, but it's definitely not so bad that you couldn't say like watch a, a, a 10, 12 year old kind of yeah. person. You know, it, it fits right in. Uh, definitely has a Harry Potter vibe, mostly because of school. Um, but it also has that Nancy Drew feel, which is, you know, we just watched Anola uh, Holmes, which is a lot of fun. This is kind of Anola Holmes on the on the the goth side. Is it good? Uh, I haven't watched. I haven't watched it, but uh, I wouldn't wouldn't mind. Did, didn't we do? Did we do the podcast on? on or I guess not. we did do the first one. We didn't do we either. Did. Anola Holmes. Yes, we did, didn't no, we? No, we didn't. Huh. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that because I thought we did. But anyways, yeah, well, those are if, good. If we did, I, I, I wasn't there for it. Well, maybe it, maybe <laughs> I've, I've recommended them and we just haven't done them yet. Okay, that's possible. <laughs> I've watched both of them. I really enjoyed them. I, um, I, I like... Uh, 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 why can't I think of her first name? Bobby Brown is her last uh, eleven from Stranger Things. That's all I know, but but she's great in it. Uh, Henry Cavill's in it. It's a lot of fun. 
You know, oh, I know what it is. I've listened to podcasts about it, but that's why <laughs> I recommended it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it is. It has that Nancy Drew feel to it. It's a. It, it also has that Adams Family, um, you know, it, which touches on many different uh, generations because uh, we grew up with the TV show. Uh, then we got the movies. Uh, we got we grew up with the TV here. show reruns. Let's make that clear. We weren't born in this. You know, this was a '60s series, I think, for the TV show. Was it really that old? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there were reruns. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I watched them all the time. Uh, then we also had, uh, but we had the movies uh, in the in the '90s, I believe. It was. Right, and, and, and I kids. think this is an evolution of Adam's Family. I don't think this is quite the the same as Adam's family and what that represented. This is a, a different take on it. It follows Wednesday's character in a but, way that that puts it in a different if in a different way. But realm. what I mean is is everybody can enjoy it because those from our, our generation love the Adams family and like this is okay, this is Wednesday of the Adams family. Yes. Yes. Those that grew up with the movies are like, oh this is Wednesday of the Adams family. Yeah. So and then those that don't know anything about it were like, this is Wednesday. I I, I just think it's important to Warn people that if they're looking, <laughs> if they're looking for Adam's family, they're going to get a hint of it, but it's going to go off and, yeah, and yeah. do its own thing. And and so if that's what's going to turn you off because it doesn't represent what Adam's family was all about, then then be be warned. But uh, but it does. I don't turn think there's many something. people out there that are going to be so like, oh my god, that didn't have Morticia and, and Gomez in it. I can't I can't watch this. No, I th- I think it's just the 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 how Adam's family resonated as something that kind of went counter to, to True. what was considered normal. And this only takes a hint of that. And then it goes a different direction. It puts it in. You're a, right. Right. It doesn't, it puts it in, in a world that is a little bit more abnormal. So it, it, yeah. it immerses itself in a world that, that is more resonant of who Wednesday is. So in that regard, it, it doesn't quite add up, but, but it's still, it's, it's a fun series and the performances are wonderful. Yeah. A little bit more Abby normal instead of uh, regular. So we're good there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we've, uh, we've hammered this one enough. Uh, and speaking so- of hammer next week, <laughs> we're coming back with, with Thor love and thunder. Nice. <laughs> nice right, transition. Like, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I pulled yes. that out right when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we are coming back with, uh, Thor love and thunder. Um, another Taika Waititi, uh, MCU, uh, iteration. Uh, this one will be interesting. Uh, I, I interesting is right because because you're such a big. I fan am a of, huge Thor of, fan. A Thor and especially um, the the uh, Ragnarok, which Ragnarok. is an, an incredible movie. Yeah. I don't think we all are on the same page when it comes to this uh, follow up. We so, will we will talk about it. because yeah. I I do have my my takes on it, and yes, I, I agree with a lot of other people that. Yeah. It's time to get back to some serious Thor. I, well, I, I, I mean, I've seen it once. I'm anxious to see it again oh. and kind of revisit it uh, for our podcast. Uh, it but, does. Uh, it does have some. It, it has one of the greatest. Another great opening. Uh, we'll we'll say. Okay. Um, like like Ragnarok that has one of the greatest, if not the greatest MCU opening ever. Uh, this has a very fun one to begin with too. But okay. Well, well, I'm just. Uh, the, I can't remember. I, I remember the guns. The, and, the guns and roses. It's a little over the top, but it's gotcha. It's, I thought you were talking about the uh, the Christian Bale um, sequence. 
Where I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess it's not really the opening opening like it is in 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 Ragnarok, but it, it's it's a musical montage. Let's call it that. <laughs> gotcha. We got the Guardians of the Galaxy that 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 yeah, yeah. make another cameo in in this series. Very and quick so, cameo. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah. So join us uh, again next week for uh, Love and Thunder. Back with us will be Bo and Nina because uh, they're always with us on our MCU and and some other things too. Uh, but they'll be with us for that one. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, I did hear from someone today that they uh, were back listening to our our uh, catching up on our MCU stuff. Uh, just so Nina knows, uh, and, I'll, and I'll shoot her an email on this one too, or a text, that uh, she loves Nina and thinks that she's great. And okay. I was like, yep, I agree with you 100%. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so it was really cool to hear that from someone that's listening. Um, so it's kind of fun. She she offers a very a, a very thoughtful perspective on on these things. She always whenever she whenever she's she's got something to add, I think we all quiet down cuz cuz it's important. You know, she's she she's very oh, articulate is. and and brings a perspective that that we we, we don't always appreciate. quiet down quick enough and we talk over a lot of times which, you know, I try and avoid as much as possible, but well, we yes. do this over Discord. Where, so yeah. so sometimes when she's she's the furthest away. She's <laughs> the, she's on the on the East coast. East coast, you know, yeah, so uh so sometimes yeah. the delay makes us seem a little bit i love having her on her because it gives us it also gives us that female perspective that none of us can really come up with and and i was telling my friend i try i try but uh it doesn't always work well that's why i listen to the other podcast because i want to hear what other people are saying but i was like yeah i go she goes she does have some great input and she keeps us from being such a sausage when it's just you and me i'm the one that brings the female perspective but (laughs) nice all right well with that i guess we'll uh, close it off so Hail Caesars. Hail Caesars. What does that mean?